When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. I want to start with you uh, with a play that I started my notebook on Saturday and then Luke called his favorite play mm-hmm. on Monday. And it's the third down conversion where you spun out the back door. Yeah. Found uh, Stante along the yeah, sideline. So first things first, if that play goes as designed and you've got all day in the world, where are you going? On that? I was going front side. So we had a threw route by number three, we had a pivot route by number two, and then we had a kind of like a dig by the number one outside receiver. So... I was, if I had time in the pocket, you didn't see that color right there, I was going to go to that dig and then to the backside. Okay. He was my second read on that. Obviously, your radar goes off. What causes you to spin out left instead of rolling out right in that situation? Is it just instincts just and that's instinct, just the where yeah. it's coming from? Just instinct. And I, like, most, most D linemen, when they don't think that you see them, especially coming from this side, they usually take a flatter angle, and then that allows me to just – Get out, get a depth, and I'm going to be faster than most D linemen, so I can just spin out and then get me on the edge pretty fast. So, so you create the space there, obviously. And now, yeah. now Luke said the thing that, that elevated it for him was your eyes did the right things when you were on the move there, and you went outside, mm-hmm. inside, outside. Can you just take me through the process? Obviously, it's happening really fast of just yeah. trying to make sure that you know where that opening is. Yeah, I mean, just any time on a keeper fake, uh, that's what we train our eyes to do is go outside first, inside, back outside, and then same with scramble drills. So outside and outside. But in that situation, I kind of knew that. I knew that he was right there the whole time, and there was two DBs over there. So what I wanted to do was just move the defenders over a little yeah. bit with my eyes with this way and boom, bang it that way. So. I mean, that, that's really the key, right? That those are your, your eyes are your joystick in that yeah. situation, right, to move yeah, that guy? for sure. So... You're making these strides here, and that's obviously a, a small part of a fun half in Cleveland in August, right? Mm-hmm. But, but what do you sense as the leader of this group, the value of that first half was, and just getting that rhythm, that momentum, that production, the way you did? Yeah, I think if you know, I think it just shows everyone if we do our jobs, you know, how explosive our offense can be. Um, you know, I think it gave us a lot of confidence going into the season, and um, yeah. I think those are the two main things you can take from that half. We execute like we know we can. Um, you know, it's just going to put us in the best position and that we can put up a lot of points for the board. As the guy who's the leader of that, what have you learned about when you get a momentum surge like that, how to make it mean something, you know, when you get back into the next week of practice, when you get into the next day of preparation? Yeah, I would just – the biggest thing is is not to get complacent. Um, you know, I mean, one, it's a preseason game. Yeah. And then – Two, it's just, I mean, football is football, you know. Scoring touchdowns is hard in this league. So, you know, whenever we get a chance to, whenever we do, we celebrate it. And then just not getting complacent and just, you know, uh, wanting to do that, you know, when it matters, which is, you know, during the regular season and, you know, during each and every game. So, Post game, you were given multiple choice, and it was like, 
was this, you know, just a, a game on a Saturday, and then, or B, was it, is it a turning point? And somebody threw you the turning point mm-hmm. alley oop, and you dunked the turning point. Yeah. I just want you to, um, I guess, expand on that because people may take that the wrong way and think that you're projecting something or proclaiming something that you're not. What, what, what is your sense when you say turning point, or just when you? I think it's just another step, not necessarily yeah. a turning point, but just another step into the right direction. Um, you know, like I said, I think you know that half gave us a lot of confidence. Um, and just the team, uh, yeah, the team confidence, and just like I said before, just when everybody does their job, uh, when we execute, when we play hard, when we play on their side of the ball, uh, what we can do as an offense. Well timed to have that, right, in the final preseason yeah, game where, you, sure. where you've got a runway now to, yeah, to use that. For sure. You've talked really since the spring about the connection you've had with Luke. And I think in one interview, you called him the best quarterbacks coach you've ever been around. I'm curious the specifics yeah. of the things that have really resonated about the way he the way he coaches you and just the way that he's found a way to connect with you in a way that makes you feel that way. Um, yeah, one, I mean, it's just based off his personality. You know, he's real. Um, he's a good person. Um, you know, he's going to tell you straight up how, he, how it is. He's not going to sugarcoat anything. Um, you know, he has a standard for us, and, um, you know, we're going to have to meet that standard. So, and just, two, it's just, you know, of course, he's an OC, but just his quarterback background with, you know, the feet, you know, of course, he's been around Aaron for a long time. So, feet, timing, and everything, like, he knows what it's supposed to look like. So, um, and then it also helps because he played quarterback in college. So, you know, most, some quarterback coaches, it's like, you can't give him a ball, and they can't really give, they can give you a drop or whatever, but they really can't throw or something like that. But, um, you know, he played quarterback, so, um, you know, that always helps, of course. And then, yeah, just his background, you know, him coming from the Packers, him being with Aaron for a good amount of time, I think, you know, that, you know, of course, they learn from each other in that aspect and stuff like that. So um, I think that, you know, just that alone and just, you know, how he describes stuff, how he describes different details, I think. That's what you know, just makes him the footwork piece of that. Obviously, that's, there's a lot of detail in that that most people don't think about. How far have you come, really, since I guess the spring and, and understanding what he's asking of you in that regard? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I come really far. You know, um, I remember, you know, this earlier this offseason, I was just trying to get the footwork down right for a, a slant. So, um, just you know, just coming really far. And then the hardest part is when we just have, you know. Uh, quick game concepts to the front side, and then you know, you might have a intermediate concept to the back side. So it's just we call it combo footwork, where quick game one side, and then boom, back side is different footwork. So I think that's the hardest part of it, especially when you're under center. It definitely makes it harder. But um, yeah, I mean, we just work on it. You know, do drills for it and stuff like that. So one of his biggest priorities coming in here was to create comfort, and obviously it starts with creating comfort for the guy who's going to be at the steering wheel for you. Mm-hmm. How did you feel that come together, I guess, in those early months and even even into training camp where he's found ways to figure out how you want to be comfortable, which then obviously creates confidence? I mean, just, you know, coaching us up as an offense, um, you know, making sure we're paying attention to all the details and, you know, uh, just being very detailed in that. And then, you know, when the game comes around, you know, we usually go over the script um, or go over the call sheet. We get we mark down the plays that we're, we're most comfortable with. So he usually takes that and um, you know puts it down in order to you know where I have it, you know what I'm most comfortable with. So um, yeah, that's that's what he does. And I mean, it's easy from that point on. It's just like because usually practice is harder than the games. 
because, I mean, like yesterday, like we, the offense didn't have a great practice because, I mean, we installed a bunch of plays, this and that, and it was our first time ever running those plays. So really just the more comfortable we get with those plays, concepts, and stuff like that, just running those plays in games and stuff like that. So I guess to that end, what is your responsibility in providing feedback, right? Like when you have a day like yesterday and now all of a yeah. sudden it's like, okay, I'm not sure this this quite works for us. I mean, you, you can't really judge it off of one day, but, you know, if you have the whole week to run those plays a few times and, you know, if you're seeing them play well, or if you're comfortable with that play, then you can kind of get a feel on it. But, I mean, the biggest part in that is just being honest with them. You know, I think last year what, what I could have, you know, done better was just be more honest and, like, saying, yo, I'm not comfortable with this play, this and that, rather than feeling like I have to say, yeah, I can execute this play, when really I know that I'm not, you know, fully comfortable with that play or I'm not seeing the play well. So I think the biggest thing with that is just, you know, being honest with them. Because I mean, if you know, I can't run the play if I'm not seeing it well. Then it's not helping anyone. Is that is that a rookie thing? You think in your mind? That, that's, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Like you know, when you know Nick and Andy say, yeah, they're comfortable running this play. <laughs> I mean, they've had a bunch of years. You know, they've ran multiple multiple variations of that play. So of course you're going to be comfortable with that play. But I think you're definitely pressured to be like, yeah, I mean, I'm comfortable with it too, just because you don't want to seem behind. But um, I just think, I mean, you you just have to be honest in that aspect, especially. If you're going in as the uh, you know the quarterback that's playing that game, Luke said that you want to be coached hard, mm-hmm. and that that's allowed you guys to unlock some things because he can he can get on you and he doesn't have to be gentle. Can you describe just kind of your mindset in what in what you want from your coaches in, in that regard? Yeah, I mean, I don't want I want I want to be pushed hard. Um, I don't like when coaches try not try to like be easy on me this and that because I just not I just know that's gonna that's not gonna make me a better quarterback like that's not gonna make me the best quarterback I had and I mean I've always been like that like in college I remember having a conversation with my quarterback coach my last year in college like I felt like he was being too easy on me just because you know coming off my sophomore year Heisman finalist this and that we had a pretty good year and then my last year there I just felt like he was being kind of easy on me like with the mistakes I was making like I want you to like, get on my ass and like <laughs> let me know and then boom that won't happen again so um just coach me hard, and then, you know, I mean, I'm not going to take anything personal in that aspect because, you know, we're reaching towards the same goal. We want to win games. We want to win championships. So um, just coach me hard, um, you know, make me the best quarterback I, I can be. And then, you know, um, I think, you know, just being coached hard, you know, I mean, I don't know. That's just yeah. kind of how I was growing up, you know, in the South. Like, coaches get on you, this and that. Don't whine. Just don't take it personal because, I mean, we, we both want to win at that point. Chew my ass out if I deserve it, right? And, yeah, and exactly. tell, tell me I did exactly. something. I'm going to take it like a man, move on, learn from it, and then move on to that. So he said that, and you can agree or disagree with this, but he said the two things that he has identified in you that, that he sees make you tick. Number one would be competitive drive. And I'm curious if, if you could describe what it is in you that, that brings that out in you, that lights that competitive fire in you. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just my wantingness to win. Like, I don't like losing. Um, you know, I think, I mean, I've said it countless amount of times. Like, last year, I didn't, I didn't like, like that feeling of losing so many games. I mean, that's the most I've ever lost in my life. So, um, just that, like, I don't like losing. I'm not used to losing. Um, I never want to get used to losing. Um, so, that's one. And then, really, that's it. Like, I just don't like losing. I don't care, you know. I don't care if I'm the MVP. I don't care if I, you know, did this, went 14 for 16. Like, if we win, I'm good. If we run the play, if we run the ball, what, 40 times a game and we win the game, I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. So just that, like, I don't like losing. Um, and 
yeah, I think that's that's pretty much like the number one thing. For sure. and, and then he said that that you're you're driven to be part of this with the group, and that that's a quality that he identified early. That that this isn't just about Justin. This is about Justin wanting to work with this unit and make it the best. I, you agree with that? That's something that that sort of is in your head and in your in your mindset as you do things every day. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm not going to be able to do it by myself, so. Um, you know, we always say on offense it takes all 11. You know, even in the run game, I'm a part of the run game, carrying out my faith. And shoot, we saw that one game in Cleveland where yeah. safety went with me and Demo cut backside. So um, I'm not going to do it by myself. Um, nobody can do it by themselves. So it's really just uh, it's, it's going to take all of us. So and I think you know we're always stronger together. So it's just you know being together, wanting to do it together. It's not about me. It's not about Demo. It's not about Mooney. It's about all of us. So. There's a difference in the NFL, the quarterback lifestyle. I think the previous coaching staff used that phrase a couple times. And the ability to prepare for the next day sounds like something that you have embraced and, and learned how to do at an at a advanced level. Going home and, and knowing what's coming and, and getting the script and, and, yeah. and putting in that time investment at a time where, mm-hmm. you know, you might not want to. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You, I mean, you have to, or you're not gonna, you know, have confidence with the plays. And of course, if you don't have confidence with the plays, then you're not gonna execute them to a high level. So um, you just gotta prepare yourself. Uh, you know, as much as you, you know, I go home tired, but I have to get ready for the next day, or I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna go home tired and mad that I didn't execute <laughs> at a level, you know, that I wanted yeah. to execute at. So it's just, you know, just putting that time in, and it's just, you know, you gotta put in and then what you put in is, is, is what you get up. So. One of the things you've talked about a couple times this month, and I think you brought it up Saturday after the game, was the, the, the growing in your understanding of when to take a chance and when to take a completion. Yeah. And the process of making that decision sometimes even before the play begins. And yeah. I, I'm just curious what you've learned in that regard and, and, and how it helps, obviously, going into year two. Yeah, I've learned a lot. Um, it's really just setting your team up for, you know, the next down and distance. So just how I many of course it varies on you know different situations or different down and distance but if it's you know like in the game we had what first in 20 or something like that like yeah. we just want to get back on track you know we don't need a first down right now we just want to get it second and manageable or even second and we just want to get a third of that back to where it's second and 12 and then we can get six yards and make it third and six like that's a manageable third and six third and five that's a manageable third down so it's just you know thinking like that and, uh, you, know, you know, we never want to put the ball in danger. Um, always want to take care of the ball. That's the number one thing they harp on here. Um, yeah, just thinking in that terms where it's like first and ten, you want to get a positive play and make it second and eight is better than second and ten and or stuff like that. And then, yeah, I mean, you know, you throw a check down for two yards, you never know, Demo might break a tackle and get, you know, six more yards, so that'll make it second and two. So it's just thinking like that rather than taking a shot that's 50-50 down the field on first and ten. Where you can get, I mean, some some cases, yeah, that's fine. But I rather just take a completion, boom, and then just move on. You got to take your gr- greedy knob, right, and turn it down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, for, sure. <laughs> for sure. I think last year I was just always trying to hit the home runs and not really worried about the checkdowns. So just making them cover the whole field. That first and twenty play was a comebacker to, to Pettis, and mm-hmm. that's a ball you let go before he's even fully turned around. But that, yeah. I mean, that's obviously something you trust him, you trust the play, you trust that we're going to get some of this back here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we work on that play um, all the time, so it's just you know, it comes from practice. That timing, footwork, boom, on rhythm, first hitch, ball out. Yeah. Trevor has talked about this as being a, a quarterback-friendly office. A lot of guys who have played in variations of the system love 
some of the things this does. What do you love most about just the, the, the variation of this offense that that feels good to a quarterback? Uh, you know, just the amount of stuff we can do out of it. Uh, you know, Luke, he's great, he's smart. And um, just that everything kind of looks the same. You know, everything kind of marries with each other, this and that. You know, if we have one play, we have something off of it. So just, you know, having, you know, just a play come off of another play and then, you know, just having an answer for, like, whatever they, they, they might throw away. Being on the move, I imagine the, the, the volume of that mm-hmm. feels good to you as you go into, into the yeah, season. Nah, for sure. You know, anytime I can get out the pocket, um, it's, it's always um, you know, a, good, a good play. And then, then pocket presence. Where do you think you still need to go in that regard? I think I still have a lot of room to grow in pocket presence. Um, it's different on this level. Yeah. So just been working on that and just been, you know, every day just been working on that. So I definitely have a lot of room to grow. The last thing, you know, obviously we asked you in June, I think it was toward the end of minicamp, if you were ready for the season. You were very honest and said, we're not ready for the season yet. There's a lot more work that needs to go. Well, now there's no choice, right? The season starts next mm-hmm. week. What gives you your most eagerness, your most excitement of now getting in this lane and, and going into regular season work and, and trying to see what gains you guys have made in that period. You said what gives me what? The most eagerness or excitement to get going and, and start uh, this journey. Just to see see what happens. Um, you know, a lot of people are doubting us, you know, so I like it like that. Um, you know, so yeah, just see what happens. And, you know, just focusing on us at the end of the day. Yeah. Just making sure we do our jobs as a, as a individual and as a unit. You think this offense has got a chance to surprise people with the way it's grown to this point? I know we do. Yeah, I know we do. So, you know, I'm glad the teams are sleep on us. Hopefully, they stay sleep. You know, and uh, we surprise a lot of people this year. Okay, that was good stuff. 17 minute interview. Justin Fields, the quarterback. Couple quick reactions before I get to see you were in the room, obviously asking the questions, having the conversation. My impressions are a couple of things. Number one, I still think that as he matures and develops, he's got to realize, and this is this is unrelated to football, he's got to realize that he could own this town. Yep. He's the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. Yep. He's as talented as anybody who has ever played the position. And I don't say that cavalierly, and I'm not exaggerating. Talent-wise, skill set, athleticism. He's as talented as anybody that has played the position. And if he goes in the direction where he possibly still can, he's going to own Chicago. I know he's young. Yep. I know that's a lot to throw at his feet. But I wish that I would see more signs of him obviously embracing that and enjoying that. Is Do you ever – you're closer to it. Do you ever have the same re- reaction to, to that sentiment? It's 100% fair, David, to ask the question without question because I think that Justin has – his natural demeanor is sort of very low-key and, and it comes across at times as just being um, more disengaged than you'd want it to be from your starting quarterback. And I don't think it's by uh, design or, or intentional in that regard. I think it's just who he is. And I think you're right in saying, listen, as the, as the, the, the face of the Chicago bears organization, as the star in the making that this franchise wants to build around for many years to come, there uh, is a level of ownership that comes with that. Right. And that requires a level of, of, of energy and charisma that you, you're going to have to embrace at some point. And so I do think that's fair to, to point that out because I think sometimes it can come across as, as a little bit, um, 
unaffected maybe is 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 the wrong word maybe it's the right word i'm not sure but 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 that there is something that you need to to be able to convey an enthusiasm that that brings energy to you right that gravitates it now he's got that within the locker room he's got that within his teammates yeah. it just needs to publicly i think you're, you're right in distinguishing the two between what what he does inside those walls at house hall and what he does as a spokesperson for the organization and those two things are, are are intertwined in some ways people don't care about body language i think we learned that through the jake Cutler <laughs> era and they don't like to hear people like us right Nitpick, it, right yeah. it and break it down but i think that when you say unaffected, I fear that it becomes aloof. You don't want to become aloof because you know what? If you succeed, you can get away with it. If you struggle, you can't. Correct. And that's the quickest way to alienate a fan base that wants to love you. And I think he understands that. He's mature and he has realized stardom at a very young age by being the quarterback at Ohio State, which when you're the quarterback in Columbus, you are a celebrity and you have you have a following that is very similar to being the quarterback in Chicago. Not the same, but similar. So I think that those types of things are, are again, being hypercritical, giving a, you know, somebody advice at a young stage of his career. I would just say try to enjoy being, or more obviously enjoy being the quarterback of the Chicago Bears because if this goes well, you're going to love the adulation, and I would think that people would love it if they notice you loving, liking the, the response. Well, that, that's it, right? And and I, I had texted you previously that Justin in Cleveland post game was as upbeat and and energized as I've ever seen him, right? In in, in an interview setting, and it was refreshing. It was it was nice to have that that back and forth that at, at times was informative, at times was playful, at, at all times was engaged, and it, and it just felt like okay, this is a guy owning the stage. You sort of said that you think that was an adrenaline rush that he was having after throwing three touchdowns and a half, which is natural. You just hope he can tap into that more. I'll, I'll give you a little aside from my career in this league of a guy, this comes natural to some guys, it doesn't to others, but a guy that I was around in Minnesota, Jared Allen, who understood the back and forth and the give and take and the game that's played. And Jared could go five weeks without a sack and come into an interview and be in, in the right kind of spirits to disarm the room, tell a joke, get connected in a way that alleviated the pressure on him to get a sack the next game. Right. Because it, it, it sort of just mollifies that, that tension in the air that's laying there. And I, I, I use this as an example for players that I talk to about how that, can, that it's simple, right? It's a very simple, small personality tweak that buys you forgiveness. When, when maybe forgiveness isn't earned at that point. So it may be something in this role, in this city, in this dynamic that Justin would be well-advised learning from. Beyond that, I loved the interview. I thought it was great that you broke down the completions and he explained them and he was really, you know, that was really good, you know, deep in the weeds football stuff. And I love that stuff in, in these interviews. That, that's, the, that's the beauty of having that kind of time with him. This is what I liked the most, though. Justin Fields on the verge of being taking that next step. And we have seen the progress that even that Ryan Poles acknowledged today. And there's, there's a, the arrows pointing up at Hallis Hall. This, this new regime feels good. I think about the direction Justin Fields is headed with the offense. I'd like the fact that he wants to be coached hard. Yes. This isn't somebody that wants to be recognized for what he has accomplished before he's accomplished it. This isn't somebody that came across as being like, okay, I've arrived, but I'm not here yet. You know what I mean? You have seen, we both have seen covering the league, covering sports, people who have expected to be treated a certain way before they actually deserve it or before they have earned it. Justin Fields wants to earn it. And I think that's the best news 
And to me, the biggest takeaway from that time that you spent with him. I mean, how about him in his own words, basically saying that in his final year at Ohio State, he didn't get pushed as hard as he wanted to be. And, and he said, I'm a Heisman finalist. I'm the quarterback of a national championship team. So what? He applied that to himself, right? right? And basically right. said, coach me harder because I want to be even better and I want to be great. And I want to be great at this level. I want to be great at the next level. I want to be great at every level I ever play at. And I think that's an admirable quality he has that's infectious. It galvanizes a group. And and as, as you've heard all off season from coaches and teammates alike, Justin has a way of going about his business that creates uh, a collective work ethic amongst the guys that he's working with. That is not to be lost in the shuffle here. Is that a guarantee of success? Absolutely not. It's a prerequisite for it. But at the very uh, basic level, it's a, a box that he has checked in Sharpie, and it's a box that's going to help him continue his ascent. Now there's a lot more to go in this in this second season and beyond for him to develop into a consistent playmaking quarterback in this league at this stage i think he's paired up with a, a coaching staff and particularly a coordinator that are, are willing to understand the steepness of this climb and the demands of in luke getsy's word the process that is really going to be beneficial to justin as he as he asks to be coach hard and is subsequently coached hard